0: shalom everybody and welcome to another actually to the first table talk um segment that we've done since 2024 um as always it's my honor to be here with you i'm your host Mikhail ben yaakov and today i just wanted to do a, a quick little table talk on something that um i think is something that needs to be discussed something that uh you know it in most cases is ignored by the masses or whatever the case might be it's one of those things that we see but we don't really think about and it's um i don't know just something that just was really in my heart you know i was doing some research on some things and everything and i thought you know you know what maybe i need to bring this to the audience and everything like that and share it with you guys and so i think if you if you recall a while back i asked a question you know i asked if um, you know, the scripture and Torah teaches about um, not having engraving images or whatever the case might be. And I think I share with you guys that during one of the Shabbat Bible studies with my family, I asked them a question. And what I asked them was, you know, the scripture talks about you're not supposed to have any engraving images, neither of the angels, not of the things on earth, below the earth, this, that, and other thing. And I asked the question, do you think that the cross would be considered something like that you know and it wasn't a question that i had an answer for but i just wanted to hear the input of everybody you know and so everybody gave their input or whatever the case might be but again this is one of those things i wanted to kind of share with you guys and so um <clears throat> excuse me earlier this week um i had a you know, I was at a, at a church Bible study and I was wearing a hoodie that I recently bought off of Amazon. And, you know, I really thought it was cool. I love this hoodie. I thought it was so dope when I saw it. But it had the Star of David on it. Right. And inside the star, it had the Shema, you know, but it was transliterated. So it wasn't in Hebrew It was transliterated, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I said, the star was kind of thick. And it was hollowed out, and you had the words inside of it, you know? So the Shema, for those who don't know, is is, is a, a messianic or a Jewish prayer that says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And so, anyway, um, a good friend of mine had noticed, you know, he noticed it, that I was wearing it. And he was like, um, are you aware of the paganistic origins of the six-pointed star? Um, what is that star called? Uh man not a parallelogram um I forgot what it's called but nonetheless he asked me was I aware of it you know what I'm saying so I was like you know I'm fairly familiar with the symbolism you know especially as it relates to things like that but I had honestly never even thought about it you know what I'm saying when I bought the sweater you know so I replied that yes I'm vaguely familiar with it but it had been such a long time since I had looked into it you know what I'm saying so my friend was like you know I need you to take a really deep look into it, you know what I'm saying, and get back with me, you know what I'm saying, so needless to say, when I got home, I did just that, and so as I did my research on the star, um, there was indeed quite a bit of info connecting it to paganism, you know what I'm saying, not to say that the Jews purposely picked out this symbol, you know, um, as a representation of them, knowing that this same image was like connected to paganism, however... Over the years, it had become a symbol in which they would come to be known by, you know what I'm saying? And so, if I'm not mistaken, because I was looking at this earlier today, it was roughly around the 17th century in Vienna that the Star of David was used to distinguish the Jews from everybody else, you know? And so, in addition to them wearing a star on their clothing... It was also placed on, you know what I'm saying, their synagogues, you know what I'm saying, businesses, things like that. And so this symbol being something imposed on them by the Gentiles began to become part of, I guess, their heritage, for lack of a better term. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to emphasize that, that this was not a symbol that they just randomly picked out, but it was put on them by the Gentiles. So by the 1900s, this symbol... um made it easy for the Germans also to recognize them, you know what I'm saying, as they begin to start the process for the implementation of their, and I'm doing air quotes, final solution, when they were basically trying to destroy the Jews. And so all the Jews were required to wear like a bandana on their arm that had the star on it. And that star said that let them let the people know, hey, I'm Jewish. You know what I'm saying? So again, this was something that was forced on the Jews. It wasn't something that they volunteered and said, hey, this is our symbol. So after Hitler was finally defeated, the Jews were finally given the right to go back to their homeland, Israel, right? And so as they were trying to figure out what symbol would would, would best represent them as a people, the same star was agreed upon, seeing that it had been part of them for roughly three centuries, give or take, you know what I'm saying? So there's like, you know, hey, this symbol represents us, you know what I'm saying? represents our struggle. It represents what we've been through. So it just seems only right that this would be something that we would adopt since it was already forced on us by the Gentiles. So again, I'm emphasizing that the Jews did not pick this. It was something that was put on them or forced on them by the Gentiles and eventually they just embraced it. You know what I'm saying? And so, ultimately... There was no sinister reason for them picking this image, but again, it was rather something that was forced on them, and so they later embraced it, as I said, and so um, the que- what my I guess my question would be, should they change this image, you know what I'm saying, since it's an image that's connected to paganism, you know what I'm saying, and to me, I really don't think so, you know what I'm saying, because I said it's interwoven into their history as a people, and as such... I personally don't see an issue with it. You know what I'm saying? And so while looking into this, you know, I suddenly, I suddenly felt compelled to look into the cross. You know what I'm saying? Not so much to be petty because he had me look into, you know, the Jewish symbol, but it had just dawned on me that both Jew and Christians are connected by their belief in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so with this in mind, You know what I'm saying? What are the odds that both of these faiths, you know what I'm saying, would both have pagan symbols to represent them as a people? And so as I began to look into the cross, I became amazed by what I found. I mean, uh, this symbol chosen to represent Christianity actually predates Christianity. You know what I'm saying? In fact, the cross as a symbol dates back to the pagan god Tammuz. And so... I guess the first thing I would, ta- I would have you take note of is that long before Yeshua came, you know what I'm saying, and was born, you know, the Romans are already crucifying people. You know what I'm saying? So that emblem had already been something that was in use. It's not something that's exclusive to Christianity. So that's the first thing I want you to kind of keep in mind. But I found that as I was looking this up, there are several variations of this, you know, so-called cross. You know what I'm saying? The most common is called the Tao which and that's T-A-U, which looks like the capital T, right? Um, and then there's also the X, uh, 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 and then you have the the infamous lowercase T, right? And so for the most part, the Tau and the X were used in the ancient times. You know what I'm saying? Back in time of uh, of Tammuz. I looked it up and I seen different pictures of Tammuz with the t, the capital T and the X so keep in mind this was you know a symbol back then you know and so as I began to look in the New Testament I began to take a deeper look into the Greek words that were used and so the reason I did this is because I found that a few of the Jewish versions when speaking about the cross they use the term stake or execution stake you know what I'm saying instead of cross and so I always found it to be interesting when I saw it but Never to the point that I said, you know what? Hey, let me look this up. But in the back of my mind, it was always something I wondered, like, why do they use the word stake or execution stake? Because when you think about stake, you think about like a tent, a tent stake. It's just, you know, like a, a, a it's, it, it's not the T, it's just like a capital I. You know what I'm saying? Can't think of the word I was looking for. But as I took a closer look at this definition, you know what I'm saying? In the Strong's Greek Concordance, it was the second one, the second definition that caught my eye, and it read an upright stake, especially one used as such in fences or palisades. I have no idea what a palisade is. But again, it denotes something that's, you know what I'm saying, like a rod, you know what I'm saying, a bar, not a tea. And that kind of stuck out to me like, wait a minute, what? So anyway, um, after reading that, it became clear why the Jewish versions use stake as opposed to cross. I mean, it, it fits based on the definition, you know, because in the definition, it doesn't denote the the the, the capital T or the lowercase t looking uh, cross or stake. In fact, that's really not a stake. It's, it's, it's almost like it's two different things. But in the TS 2009 Bible version, and that's the one that I like to use, um, the word stake is used over 20 times. In the New Testament referring to the cross, and I'm doing air quotes. I also found that there were four types of crosses used for the crucifixion. And so this is where it gets kind of interesting. There was the crux uh desusada. I'm probably tearing that up, but this was the the X, you know what I'm saying? This was the, the you know the X-shape um cross. And this is what <clears throat> tradition tells us that the Apostle Peter was crucified on. And then you have the crux Kamisa, which was the capital T that we talked about. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is also like one of the ones that, that, that Tamu used, Tammuz, or, or was used for Tammuz. And then there's the crux Emisa, which was the infamous t, uh, lowercase t, that, again, tradition teaches us that Yeshua was crucified on. And then finally, you have the the crux simplex, which was the most common of crucifixion stakes, consisting solely of a simple beam laid upright. And so it's interesting that, you know, it says this was the most common, which implies that this particular one that's just an upright beam was used more commonly than all of the other ones. You know what I'm saying? So keep that in mind. And so in the crux simplex, the people being crucified would have their hands above their head, one on top of the other, you know what I'm saying, and then nailed into the stake, and the same thing would be done with their feet. And so, among the four types of crosses, this one definitely lives up to the name of Storos, which was the Greek word that we translate as cross, you know what I'm saying, seeing that it was literally a stake, and being the most common in addition to the definition of the word, you know what I'm saying, But an argument can be made for this being the one that Yeshua was crucified on. Because the scriptures, you know, the Jewish virgins tend to use the word stake and not cross as we visualize it. And so in looking at some of the the staffs used by the Pope, for example, I noticed two of these variations used with the image of Yeshua on it. One is the crux emissa, which is the lowercase t, and the other is the crux komisa which is the capital t you know what i'm saying so already you see just based on the on the pope both of these crosses and stuff like that you know what i'm saying and both are images of yeshua on it um another thing i would like to point out is that to the jews the symbol of the cross was a horrific image let that sink in. This was not something you would ever, on any for any circumstance, hold as to be something sacred or holy. It was a horrific image. You know what I'm saying? And having seen so many of the people, their people, crucified in this barbaric manner, there is no way, no way, no way any Jew would ever embrace this symbol as a symbol of hope but rather a symbol of suffering and misery because that's just what it was. It was a symbol of suffering and misery. Um, historically, there's no real evidence that the first century church even had a symbol to represent their faith in Yeshua. You know what I'm saying? We have this cross now to symbolize it, but in the first century church, the time of the apostles and even a generation two after them, there's no records of the cross being something that was embraced by the believers let that sink in so considering what the torah teaches us about graven images you know i'm saying and symbols again i can understand why they didn't have one you know because they might have considered considering these are jews not gentiles but considered these jews most likely the idea of having something like that would have been considered a graven image by them so that being said, I think it's two reasons. One because it could possibly be a graven Im- considered a graven image, and two because it was a symbol of suffering and misery are two good reasons why I think that the Jews would never or did never, embrace the cross as a symbol, as a symbol of, of hope or, you know what I'm saying, anything like that. Um, another thing I would like to point out is that to the Jews, again, as I keep saying, the, the image the, the image was horrific. You know what I'm saying? And having so many other people... um, I don't know. Having... um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, oh that's what I was going to say. I was going to say. So, it wasn't until about the 3rd century, right, that we find the first symbol for this faith. The faith in, in Yeshua. And that symbol was known as a Hebraic root or sometimes the grafted in symbol. And so... It was an image, <clears throat> basically of a menorah, you know. So you had a menorah on top with the image of a fish on the bottom, and so what's funny about the same image is that, um, when they're put together the way they're the way it's made, the Star of David you find the Star of David in the center of it, and I thought that was really interesting when I first saw that the 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 uh, um saw this image, and if you look at the 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 avatar for this particular um, well, actually, no, because it's going to be the table talk. Uh, I'm going to have to find a way to implement this guy so you guys can see the picture. Or I would just tell you look up the Hebraic root symbol um, so you can get a better picture of it. But it's interesting that when you look at it, you know, the, the Star of David, the reason you see it is because the base of the menorah is a triangular shape. And the same thing with the tail of the fish. It's a triangular shape. And so when interlocked, the star appears. And I'm like, wow, what's the irony? So I kind of think about my friend when he's talking about the symbol. And I'm like, wow, when you put the menorah and the fish together, you know what I'm saying? The Star of David appears here, too. Anyway, so not long after this, the Emperor Constantine claimed to had a a vision from God where he was showing the image of a cross or the crux. Misa, which is the lowercase t and God supposedly tells him that it would be in this image that he and his army would go forth and conquer and so listen to the story that Constantine tells it sounds like a really great story however the problem with this is the is that according to history Constantine did not you know really, really convert to Christianity in fact He continued with his pagan practices even after his so-called conversion. And so the reason for proclaiming Christianity as the only religion was to solidify his vast empire because having one religion ensured the unity of the people. And so it was a smart... uh, Tactically, it was a smart move because it unified and solidified his his vast empire by doing so. But we understand that um, what he really did was merge all of his various religions into the one. You know what I'm saying? And then change many of the deities' names to the names of the apostles or angels or Mary. You know what I'm saying? So it's no wonder that the church later became known as the Catholic Church, seeing as the word Catholic means universal. In other words, all things are one. You know what I'm saying? Everything fits with this. And so another thing that stands out according to this it isn't even that the Jews that came up with the symbol as something to represent their faith in Yeshua. You know what I'm saying? Nor would they ever, ever seen it was a horrific um, symbol. But by the time the the cross is made into an official image or image for the church, you know what I'm saying? There were no Jews in the church because it was fully led by the Gentiles. It was fully run by the Gentiles. So it was a Gentile pagan emperor. That brought the cross into Christianity and made it a sacred image. So when you sit back and we talk about the Star of David, what about the star or, or the cross that was given to us by a pagan emperor? That was the Pontifex Maximus, which was the supreme ruler. So he was viewed as a pope. He was viewed as, a, as the vicar of Christ, basically. And he's the one that gave us this cross. So. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk about the star When you have all this going on with the cross You know what I'm saying So all in all The fact that the original Or the origin of the cross predates So called Christianity And is connected to Tammuz And the fact that the symbol became Official during the time That the Gentiles controlled the church All the while removing All things Jewish from the faith In addition to the fact that Constantine never truly became a follower of Yeshua, should we really hold the cross as a symbol for the faith? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't brought to us by the, 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 the Jews, you know what I'm saying, the Messianic believers. It was brought to us by, you know, a Gentile, somebody who would for, had cast out every all things Jewish, you know what I'm saying? And then as I said, the symbol, the Hebraic root symbol, predates the cross in terms of being something connected with uh with the faith. You know what I'm saying? So we actually had something, you know, but Constantine gave us something else. You know what I'm saying? But for that matter, in having a symbol for our faith, you know what I'm saying, could this be a prohibition of what the Torah teaches as it relates to having um, images of worship, you know what I'm saying? it's the same question I asked my family. And so, truly, it's a tough one to decide to decide on. But I believe in order to rightly decide, we have to first put aside our traditional beliefs, right? You know, we've been doing this all of our life. We have to put, put that to the side in order to look at this with an unbiased eye as we ask ourselves this question, you know what I'm saying? Um, I do actually have an opinion on this matter as it relates to these symbols as a whole, but I'm going to keep that to myself. You know what I'm saying? I feel that each of us should take a closer look into this and decide for ourselves what right looks like in this area, you know? Um, but again, I have to keep going back to when looking at the, uh, the cross, when looking at, uh, how we got it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when looking at the fact that it too is a a pagan symbol, ultimately we you can't talk about the star without also talking about the cross. You know what I'm saying? So it's really something to really consider. Um, and again, my intention wasn't to bash uh the Christian cross or bash you know our our, our symbols and but just to really give you something to think about. You know, personally, I kind of make it a point to steer rear, steer clear from symbols as a whole you know, what I'm saying both the star and, you know, the cross, you know, even though I do have that shirt with the star on it and everything like that. But as far as having something stand out to be a symbol of my faith, I'm not so much with that, you know, for this reason. But anyway, that's my little table talk for the day. Um, I am still working on, um, the seeds of bad fruit dealing with uncleanness this has really been a big one i mean there's so much into it and i want to be able to compact that into one episode and not multiple episodes and stuff like that so i'm still putting that together but that's why i, I thought maybe i'll do a table talk to give you guys something i haven't given you in a while you know especially this being the first one of this new year so anyway i pray that it was a blessing to you i pray it gave you something to think about and i guess i will see you guys again soon you hope willing Shabbat Shalom, by the way. Yivarecha Yehovah, Vaishmarecha, Yer Yehovah, Panavalecha, Vinicha, Yisai Yehovah, Panavalecha, Viasim, Tacha, Shalom.